RadioInfluence.com. I'm a fan of this hip hop thing, and I think that's what is lost in this thing is people ashamed to say that they fans when they see something that they like. And look, man, it, this this is this is hip hop study hall, man. We already here. The dude is here. I have been. Um, I don't know, man. I told Jason like. I got to get this dude on the pod. I told D-Train. I told OP. I told my girl Cannon. Shouts out to her out here in the ATL. I said, yo, I, I got to get Simba on, on the pod, man. Every time I'm in Atlanta, Cannon woo me around. Shout out to Cannon. Hey, Cannon is no joke, man. Like, Cannon, I, I really, big and big shot, because I want to get into that with you too, man, of how important the team is to to what you do, right? Because that's that's part of what we do here at Hip Hop Study Hall, man. It's part, part learning platform, part inspiration, and all things the culture. Go ahead. Let's be clear. This is not going to be the average interview. Oh, well, you, you know what? I, I, and I appreciate that. <laughs> My man Simba is here. First off, let me let me just tell you, I'm probably late to the party. The, DJ Eakin, I am man enough to admit that I am probably late to the party. But one day I'm on the gram, as we so often are, and shouts out to the leakers, just incredible, DJ Sour no. Milk. Um, <laughs> and all of a sudden, here come this dude, and, and he's sitting back, you know, but the lyrics is coming. And I'm like, I I ain't never seen this dude. I could be because I'm on the East Coast, could be because I'm in the South. I had <laughs> never seen this dude, right? But I'm rewinding and I'm like, wait, let me get to the whole freestyle. Yeah. Simba, bro. Yeah. Um, let's just start there. Uh Oakland, California native. But before I even get into that backstory, how important has that freestyle that you did for the LA Leakers, how important was that to you? Here's what's crazy about it, right? It's like the best, worst thing that ever happened to me. <laughs> Explain. <laughs> right? And let me say, so, uh, it's the best thing because it broke me as an artist. Right. Um, It helped me. A lot of people have been seeing my name for years, knowing my name, seeing my face, watching me move around. And um, I've always been like figuring it out. I'm still figuring it out to this day with certain things. You know, I'm further than I am a year or two ago, but still, you still keep chipping away. And um, that moment was validation for them to say, okay, he's here. Boom. You know, so it was validation for people to kind of embrace me now. A lot of people that knew me, it was validation for them to post me now. It was validation for them to show people, oh, I've been knowing him or little bro been going crazy. So it was great, right? The bad part about it is, as an artist, I wish that was a song. Ah, boom. Okay. Boom. Because if it would have been a song, it would have made it to where I could travel all around the world and tour with this thing now. Right. You know what I mean? It was just so monumental. At, but at the same time, why it was great, because what you were saying earlier, it's a lost art in hip hop. A lot of a lot of artists. I remember being a kid, bro, and at my mom's crib and just coming in the house. And I couldn't wait to watch 106 in Park. I couldn't wait to watch Rap City. I couldn't wait to watch TRL and watch these freestyles and Freestyle Fridays and all these different things. So it's really a lost art because a lot of guys today a lot of artists ain't really rapping it's right. more melody you know what i mean so they can't really come up there and freestyle melody you know what i mean so they just don't freestyle so the the actual piece of content of freestyling at a radio station is a lost art today so when i went up there i was like okay how do i make this a thing again right you know what i mean how do i make this just not the average freestyle that's a funk flex or LA leakers freestyle or people like that's dope. And then nothing happens. Right. So I watched literally every single LA leakers freestyle. I, wow. think, mine, I think mine's is like one Oh four or something like that. Right. I watched every single one. And one thing I noticed was people either don't deliver or they over deliver. Okay. Right. What I mean by that is you'll get people that's just like, I was a man, man, I'm here with the leakers, you know, and they rapping like that. Or you get the guy that's like sweating over the mic, like, oh, and I've been trying to get on top for the longest, and blah, blah, blah. And he like yelling, and he just like, dude, calm the fuck down. Right. Right. So I realized, like, okay, that's my angle. I'm going to just go up here, and I'm going to just sit still. I'm going to just sit like this, and I'm going to just rap about everything that's on the timeline today. 
And at that time, Sweetie was talking about if he ain't buying you a Birkin, send him back to the streets. That's where the uh, the Birkin I line never, comes in, right? Man, because I don't want to buy a Birkin, so send me back to the streets, and I send you back to your mama house. <laughs> right. <laughs> so that's where that came from. So it was really just me spending a few days going through Instagram, going through Twitter, going through, you know, the metaverse. And, and and seeing what the lingo was, seeing what everybody was talking about. And I just put it in, in rap form and went up there and did it, bro. Right. And 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 I and I guess the, the big lesson in that too, and, and like I said, one of the big things that I that I like to get across with this pod is a lesson in what you're doing, right? And that's that yeah. that shows um how serious that you take this crap. Because like you said, you go on the leakers and I, and I've watched a lot of dudes come through radio because I come from radio, right? They come to radio, half of them are like almost like they're doing us a favor to be there. Don't get me wrong. Like I love the interview artists. I want to talk to you guys, but I almost hate that artist that I got to like pull a, I'd be like, just, just give me something, bro. Like this is your chance to tell the people about you. Come on, bro. Like I tell artists this shit all the time, right? Like first off, we as artists, we're very self-centered, we're very selfish. Um, and we don't know how to sometimes see the world outside of what we see. Right. Right. We're not understanding why these songs work, right? In order for this song to work, you have to take it from the studio and put it out to the world. And there's going to be people like my dog that I'm talking to, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> get to a broader space, right? To help promote this record. So if you just treating these people like they're supposed to do this, they're going to look at you like, no, nigga, you supposed to be coming to me. Like, right. I'm, I'm going to help. I got the platform. We right. need this platform. And that's, that's, I, I hate when artists be like, oh, I don't do media, I don't do this, I don't do that, because it's like, how are we supposed to learn about you? Right. Like, we can't just sit a person in the music all day. Like, how do we know what you like and who you are as a person if you're never going to talk to us? Right. So, one thing I always say, bro, when I get my shot, I'm, I'm, I'm never turning nothing down. I ain't turning down nothing but my collar. <laughs> bro, and, and like I said, I, I can attest to that. Yo, I ain't going front. Like I said, I'm just meeting you. And I and like I said, I've, yeah. I've become a fan of, after I saw the leakers. Big shout out to them again. And big shout out to you for what you did with the platform, right? I stumbled upon you. Like, I I didn't know anything about you. And, I, and I'm yeah. okay with saying that. But once I did, it made me start researching who you were as an artist, right? And then yeah. I start reaching out to people that I knew, like the D-Trains, the OPs, the OPs, the, the Cannons, and being like, yo, like, I really want to talk to this dude. Like, I kind of really want to learn more about this dude. And and I'm not afraid, like you said, even as a media person, I was like, yo, like, I'm not afraid to say I respect what this dude has going on. So I go in, right, and then I find out, I'm like, he's been signed before. This ain't this ain't your first rodeo. Like, nah. there's a Columbia situation. And yeah. then you went back independent because that deal fell through and now yeah. you're on Atlantic. So let's talk about a little bit about when you got that first deal. Right. And we, and we all know when you out here grinding and we know this is the industry, right? Everybody talks about, man, when you get on, man, when you get on, when you got on with Columbia, was it what you thought it would be? No, it's, it's when you get on period, it's not what you think it's going to be. And I don't even consider myself like on yet. I know people, look at me like that before where I want to go in life. Um, I'm so far for where I want to go. Um, but when I first got my first situation, honestly, bro, it was really like a lick. I'm going to just keep it a book with you. It was like a lick because my, my play sister, Chelsea Blythe, shout out to Chelsea. She was like the only person in LA that believed in me. Wow. And I had, I was living in the Bay at the time and, um, you know, I'm running around, just came up on a little bit of money and I'm just realizing like, damn, everybody in the Bay hit a ceiling and I don't really sound like the typical Bay area artist. You know what I mean? So I'm like, I don't know if this is going to work for me here. You know what I mean? I don't know if they're going to relate to me. here. I got to move around and let the world tell my city about me. Right. right? So I went to LA. And Chelsea was like the only girl, bro, that was like only person, not girl, just person in general um, that was fighting for me. Right. She took me to Kendrick Lamar, take me to meet J. Cole, take me to meet all these different producers. So I knew all these people before they even knew I rap. I would just be in sessions in the back when Kendrick was recording Good Kid, Mad City. Like, wow. Which they was mixing and doing certain things. So through that, I met DJ, DJ Moore Mill. 
And he was getting ready to leave Interscope and go to Columbia and he was taking Chelsea. Chelsea was like, yo, if I get this job, you're going to be the first person I sign. Okay. And, um, you know, music, people don't realize, bro, how much it costs to do music. Like, they don't understand the cost. Like, I spent 30000 just trying to get a studio in Los Angeles, right? I'm not talking about my rent. I'm not talking about my cars. I'm not talking about my clothes. I'm not talking about expenses. None of that. Just trying to get building my studio was 30 grand. Wow. So, really, the money I got from Columbia was really money I spent coming to L.A., you know what I mean? Right. So it was really like giving me my money back. But once I got there, I started realizing like, oh, shit, like like labels are great from getting you from like C to Z. But you got to do A and B to get them right? to want to get them to want to even try to put you in C. But no, from C to Z. So when I'm there, I'm realizing like, damn, I haven't even never like met the chairman or like met who runs marketing or met who runs my promo. I don't even know the people working my records. Right. So if I don't know them, how are they supposed to know me as artists? How are they supposed to market me? How are they supposed to do this? Right. So right as I'm getting ready to try to meet everybody, it's a whole new regime change. Ah, it's like, like, Oh, we clear. Yeah. And we've seen that at labels. Like if you, if you follow this game, you know, that can happen. We get a new, we get a new CEO and all of a sudden everybody, he brings in his people and boom, <laughs> So the whole business model at Columbia shifted where it was kind of going towards, you know, um, working, you know, rap acts and, and traditional music acts where they were bringing people in like myself, Russ, um, Young Blue was there while okay. I was there. Um, but then when the, uh, I forgot who took over, but when he came in, he changed it to the TikTok model. Ah, where it's like you trying yeah. to find them records that's already moving on their own because of the kids over on the app and, and we're going to just put them in the machine and, and try to make them bigger. And that's where the Nas X's and Kid Leroy and everybody came in. So we was just kind of sitting around and I'm just like, yo, you know, what are we doing? They, they let me out. Gotcha. So they let me out. I go independent um, for about like six months. I put an EP out and I just hate the independent grind, bro. It's it, just, it, it does. It is. a And, and, Correct me if I'm wrong. The independent grind, people, you got to really love it because it becomes your full time job. It's when Bro. people forget how 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 much that machine does help you out. They re, people really forget that. Like we talking independent now for everybody. But people forget that that machine, if it's going right and even sometimes when it's going wrong, it takes a lot of steps out of your hands that you don't even know that they're doing for you. That's the part I was just about to say is like, even if it's not all the way going right it still helps because you have help and you have a team set in place to help you navigate through the industry. But when you by yourself, you got to go outsource your own publicist, outsource your own marketing person, outsource your own digital person, outsource your own cameraman, outsource your own engineer, outsource your own producer. You got to do all these different things, right? And then you got to get all these things to click at once Boom. to be able make you flourish right and then you need a platform to stand on so people can see it you know what i mean and then the music needs to be put in certain places to where they can find it because they can't you can't just throw it out there and expect them to find it and, and can i throw you know? in this small point right here not to mention that if the data is correct that we're doing this research it's like sixty thousand songs being uploaded damn near a day dog hold on hold I love this guy. <laughs> this guy. Damn near a I day. literally was about to put it. I was about to go. Bro, it's 40,000 songs okay. a day on Spotify. Boom. Just Spotify. So we talking about 250,000 songs a week, a million songs a month. That's 12 million songs a year. What are you going to do to cut through this? Boom. Right? So you start realizing the majors have different partnerships. They have different relationships. They can get you to certain people. And even though you can possibly do this independent, your independent leverage ain't like what they didn't been bringing in there for the last 20 to 30 years and the money that they didn't made this company. Right. So you have all the independent numbers and all this, but if, if Atlantic records make a call and say, yo, we need this slot, they're going to get that slot. Right. They're going to push the, they're going to push the button and something going to happen. 
exactly. So I realized because being from the Bay, um, being the type of artist I am doing traditional rap, I needed a major. I, I needed to I needed to have a major, but not just any major. I needed a major that understood me. And um, that's when I had linked up with my partners at Star Island and we had um, they had took me to meet Dallas. Now, and, and I want to stop you there because the Dallas Martin story, I, I, I got a couple of questions about him and how important he is to you. But even before I get there, right, um, who is Cash? I want to ask you about Cash. And the reason I want to ask you about Cash is you can tell us who he is. Cash had a conversation with you from, from some research I did on you reading the article. And Cash yeah. said to you, don't run from rap. And yeah. I want to know before we get to Dallas, how important that conversation was to what you are right now as an artist. Okay, who you see, are. Cause I felt like sometimes I'd be feeling like I'm talking too long. So I'd be trying to speed up. We're good, bro. Bro, you, you, you in the right place here. Cause I want you, I okay. want the people to hear you. I just, I just want to be the dude to, to help get the information, but this is where you're supposed to, you know, I'm not supposed to talk. I'm, hey bro, this is your story. I'm happy to hear it. Okay. So when I went independent, I linked up with my boy PJ and it was me and PJ and we were maneuvering and uh, we was going to beach at the time, Apple, just different places trying to get the music out there. And then um, I had this song called Fashion Nova where I was fucking like doing melody. A lot of people don't know I write as well. So I write a lot of songs for a lot of artists. I have a lot of movies, songs I've did, a lot of different things. So I did this song just on some fly guy, Fashion Nova, shit, boom, right? So I shoot the video and it starts doing good, right? Females are posting it and all this stuff. So my boy PJ was like, yo, we need to go link with Cash. He he knows all the radio guys. He could get it to radio. So we go link up with Cash at Wakano in Burbank, right? Boom, I pull up. Now from the rip, I don't like Cash because he reminded me of my stepdad. <laughs> wow. <laughs> from the rip. Literally, right? I've like I've I fucking hate my stepdad. Like, like it's a whole story. <laughs> right. <laughs> but what did Cash do? I mean, what did he do to just what did he do to just made you he was he was light skinned and a big guy. Oh, okay, okay. I hate light skinned big people. <laughs> Well, you know what? I, I'm I'm glad I'm just like little dude, five eight, and I'm darker complexion because I didn't want you to open the interview up and you already like, man, I don't really rock with dudes like you. <laughs> so, so I meet him, and then he starts talking, and he even talks like my stepdad. <laughs> wow, like, like him, you know what I'm saying? Right. He's like correct you on your shit if you use there and they are out of tech context. He's gonna correct you, like one of those type of people, right? So. I'm playing him uh, music and he grabs two cell phones and he's, he pulls up the fashion over video and he pulls up the Kaepernick video of me uh, where I was talking about Colin Kaepernick. And he was like, which one are you? And ah. I was like, I'm Kaepernick. Like, I'm, this is who I am. Like I, I'm a rapper, bro. But the way that people is portraying it to me is like rap is dead. Like every time I'm trying to play some some rap for people, right? And that's another thing. It's like we as rappers, we got to start moving like the streets. Like the street artists, them niggas work with each other and they collab. But the niggas that know how to rap, we be so much in competition with each other. We don't do no music. We don't come around each other. We right. don't do nothing. And that's why the streets got this hold over hip hop right now. And it seems like rappers are dying out. We still here. We just don't come together to build platforms. Right. But that's neither there. So I meet Cass, boom, and I'm like, this is what people's telling me. You know what I mean? They listening to it, or this is what I'm seeing. He like, man, fuck that. He like, if you this rapper, this is what I'm rocking with, and I'm willing to help you. Well, if you this dude, shit. My bad. Oh, it's all My good. Bad. We here. He like, this dude, I'm not rocking with this singing shit. Or whatever. So I'm like, well, let's let's go in on the rap. All right. So me and Cass go in for like eight months. Uh, and I'm just like learning how to rap again. Gotcha. Right. Like I always knew how to rap. Right. It's easy for me to rap. But I'm learning like the technicalities of shit. Like a lot of people just think rapping is rhyming. But it's a lost art in actually saying something. So when right. you listen to Jay-Z 
You know, they said, I never really miss you till you dead or you gone. So on that note, I'm leaving after the song. So you ain't got to feel no way about Jay so long, but at least let me tell you why I'm this way. Hold boom, on. boom, right. boom. Hey, it's, bro, don't, don't get on here quoting them whole lyrics to me, bro. You know, like we, if we don't got nothing that we got that in common, boy. We, we, <laughs> we, all, we, hey, we right here with the whole, bro. Like I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> yes, I do. It's the conversation piece. It's right. the, it's what you're saying. And it just happens to rhyme. So we went through just boot camp for that, just every day, making sure I'm saying something. You right. know what I mean? And not rhyming. So around the time when I when I got it, which is crazy, it was around the time Nip died. I remember the day Nip died, I was on my balcony writing this song called Trapped about how us as black men be trapped in the hood. You right. feel me? Like because it's hard for us to get out because we gotta do all these things to fucking get out. And then once we get out, we used all those things to get out. And now they trying to pull us back. Ah, you know right. what I mean? So that's what the overall song was saying. So it was ironic that he died that like literally the day I'm writing it. So the day I've, I write it, I go to the studio, I record it. I'm like crying and shit, like thinking of Nip, right? Cause I knew Nip, um, we didn't have like a very, very personal relationship, but we did music together. He was like the first kind of artist to like really like embraced me i met him at a3c fest in like 2013 he was wow. like man when you back when you come back to uh cali man fuck with me you feel me i fuck with you so i came back i was in the bay at the time and i just drove down to la like just hoping he'd pick up right you know what i mean picked up and he was like you out here i'm like i'm out here he's like pull up i'm at the studio right now wow I pulled up. um we did a song and he gave us this book called the 22 immutable laws of branding he gave us this book, man, and um, that book kind of changed my life because it made me start looking at myself as a business and not as just a rapper that that's a person that raps. Right. You know what I mean? So um, I'm saying all that to say Dallas signed Nipsey. Right. Right. So I'm writing this song kind of that wasn't about Nipsey, but ended up being about Nipsey. And then a week later, they like, Yo, Dallas Martin is having this Oxcore party downtown Los Angeles. You should go. I'm like, Dallas Martin, that's the guy that signed it. Right. You know what I mean? You putting that's it all who, together. Yeah, that's who did me. And uh, and then at the time, I had just met Roddy, Roddy Rich, because Roddy and Cass was cool through Kiefer. And um, me and Roddy had actually met. And I was actually with Roddy in the studio the day he recorded every season. Wow. So you you just you write in the circle of things like you write and and, and, and I, I don't want to stop. I want to stop you too. I, that, I try to catch these lessons. Right. My man, Ray Daniels, who's an art. Uh, he's down in Atlanta um, running real heavy. And one of the things that Ray said to me a long time ago, he was like every artist that kind of blew up that came out of Atlanta. He saw them at some point in line waiting for their turn. And he always yeah. uses this phrase. Good shit happens to people that are in the room. And you yep. are pretty much the epitome of, from what you're telling me. It's like you were in all these circles and you felt like your time was coming because you was you were definitely working. But there yeah. still were steps that you were taking in those rooms and meeting all these people and watching them as their time was as they were getting their shot at it at the same time. It's nothing better, bro, than having a course size seat to other people's success. Wow. Because you get to watch them do it. You don't just see it on TV. You don't just see the slam dunk. You get to literally watch them at practice, watch what they study. You know what I mean? Look at the things and it teaches you, okay, well, if he doing that, if he doing the crossover this way, I'm going to try to do it this way. You right. know what I'm saying? We're going it this way. You know? So I had, I had new Roddy and shit and um, I knew he signed, Dallas had signed Roddy. So I'm like, I'm going to go. So I go to the Oxcore party and I'm somebody, bro, if, if I'm new to a room, I make sure I read the room very, very, very carefully. Like my brain, bro, is like it's a little off. Like it, like it, it, it just like got a like a a radar, right? And it could just like see shit and sense shit. So I'm walking in this room and I'm like, okay, boom, Dallas, Julie Greenwald, Daryl Jones, boom, okay, random dude from LA over there, boom, okay, this the nigga, this the street nigga over here with the gun, okay, boom. I'm literally analyzing right. the whole shit, right? 
So boom, I'm watching and I'm watching all these dudes play records. Everybody and hold on. And, and, and I want to stop you here too, because I know what it is, but make sure that they understand what the aux party is and how, how you really got to be ready for the aux party that Dallas Martin has. Tell everybody so what the, the aux party is. The aux party, first off, you got even, your people got to even be involved in the industry to get the invite. Right. I mean, it's just not something that's posted on Instagram and everybody's welcome, right? So um, the Ox Court is basically where we go into uh, Warner Brothers and in the big, we're in the big conference. My bad, man, this phone keeps going off. We're in the big conference room and um, you got the music on and whoever steps up grabs the Ox and you got to play your music. Right. So, um, I let everybody go. I, I literally, like I say, I read rooms before I even do anything. So I want to hear everybody shit. And the reason I'm this way is to, my mom always told me like in business, you got to find a problem. And if it ain't a problem, create one. <laughs> you know? Give you something and, to solve. And be the solution. Right. So I'm literally like, okay, this is perfect for me. Because everybody just played records that sound like Future, Roddy, Thug, Gunna. It was like all their little kids. Wow. You know what I mean? Everybody trying to sound like this. And if it wasn't that, it was, I got the Draco and I'm going to shoot this bitch up and, and all that, right? So I'm like, damn, this is perfect because I got the solution. I'm about to say some real, some real rap shit, right? Right. So. I let everybody go, and then I wait to the last guy going. I'm like, I got some, and they they look, they like, damn, I ain't even know you was back there, <laughs> right? <laughs> New dude in the so room speaking up. <laughs> so I walk up and I play the song I wrote about Nip, the one I was working on while the situation happened with Nip. Literally, bro, uh, the song starts off with a pre-hook and a 16 bar verse. By the time I got to my first six bars, Daryl Jones was like, what the fuck is this? Wow. He was like, forget everything we just heard. What is this? Right. He rewinds it. I get halfway through the verse. He brings it back again. Right. We finally get to the hook. He's like, what the fuck? He like, play another, play another song. Dallas looks at me. He like, what you got to do tomorrow? I'm like, nothing. He like, come back here tomorrow. I'm like, bet. I come back. We had a meeting. I played Dallas the music. He's like, what you got to do Monday? I'm like, nothing. He's like, we're going, New- we're going to New York. Wow. This is, wow. This is, yeah. You, you obviously solving a problem real quick here. Yeah. Yeah. He like, we're going to New York, right? So I'm like, all right, cool. And I'm somebody, bro, that's like, when shit start going good, I'm, I'm looking for something to go bad. I'm, right. If you know, I'm, I'm automatically like, all right, something gonna happen by the time we gotta go to New York. Like it ain't. I'm not gonna go to New York. So I get on the plane and the shit start taking off, and I'm like, I'm really going to New York, right? Right. So at this point, I'm thinking like, okay, the plane gonna crash. Like, <laughs> Come on, like, like something gonna happen, right? We land. I'm like, God damn, right? We actually so, in, we in New York now. We in New York. So I'm like, Dallas ain't gonna answer the phone. Something, something gonna go bad, right? I text Dallas, yo, I just landed. He said, I'm at the studio, meet me here, right? He sends me the address. I get to the studio, Meek Mill's there. Wow. It's Dallas, Meek Mill in the room. And I'm like, holy shit. Cause like Meek is somebody like I kind of like model myself after him and Jay Z. Right. So I'm like, damn. And, and Nipsey. And um, I'm like, damn, fucking Meek here. So I instantly go in to read the room, step back. I go sit on the couch. I don't say shit. I just sit there and I watch him. He going back and forth through the booth. He just knocking shit out. He do a hook, cut that off, put another beat on, knock out a verse, come back, go back to the hook. He started, put a verse on that. He just knocking shit out. So like an hour or two go by and then Dallas like, um, he like, hey, Meek, I want to play something. He like, bet. And he like, plug up, symbol. So I'm like, oh, shit. All right. So I grabbed the ox. I played it. I played two records. He was like, man, you just inspired me. Wow. Me. Like, you just inspired me, bro. Like, 
like motherfuckers don't be rapping like that no more. Like, like that was that was that was inspiration right there, bro. Like I'm ready to. I was ready to call it a night. Like, I'm staying in now. Like, right, like, I'm ready to get, I got to put more work in. Yeah. So we, uh, you know, I, I, I met Meek, and then the next day, we had the meeting at Atlantic, met Kaiser, Julie, and Craig Kalman. Um, meeting went great. I played three songs. Julie stood up, gave me a hug. She was like, man, this is what I've been looking for. Like, we, we wow. trying to get the essence of hip-hop back in Atlantic. So I'm like, dope. And then, um, you know, from there, bro, I signed the deal and we went through the end of 2019, putting a project together. We go into 2020 ready to release the week we released the first single COVID. Happened. I about to say the pandemic hits and everything is 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 all over the place. COVID happens. <laughs> so, so COVID happens and basically we kind of at this standstill because nobody knows what's going on, right? right? The shows that we had booked was just canceled, um, everything. So um, I'm literally just sitting in the crib, bro. And I'm like, damn, what the hell I'm gonna do? Right. You know what I mean? Can't do nothing, can't really go to studios. So I'm, I'm gonna just start freestyling on the internet, right? So I just start grabbing instrumentals, writing to them. And I remember I did about, I did about seven of them. And then it was the eighth one where it was the cold summer challenge with fabulous. Got you. Okay. And I did that and he reposted it. And then my followers went from like 8,000 to like 28,000. The internet, Literally. the power of the right. internet. Right. Yeah. It started going up. So then I'm like, damn, okay. So I'm freestyling more. So now I got more people sharing it or whatever. So I got people sharing it. And then, it goes from that to I I did another one to the We Paid Little Baby in okay. 42. Right. And Snoop Dogg posted it. These are some heavy platform. These some heavy these some heavy reposts right here. Yep. G Ride posted it, which is one of my homies from uh, LA. Shout out to G Ride. He posted it. Snoop follows him. Snoop seen it and reposted it on his page. I shot from like 29,000 to 48,000 followers. That's Literally in like two, three days, right? The next day, uh, Wallow and Gilly's in LA. And me and Wallow is hella cool. Like right. me and Wallow, <laughs> right. each other, we talk all the time. So he just seen Snoop posted. So Wallow was like, pull up on me, man. We in LA, where you at? So I pull up on Gilly and Wallow. They was filming an episode of Million Dollars Worth of Game. They was actually doing the one with... Um, Whack and big you. Oh, okay. Episode. Okay. Right. Okay. So pulled up. And then right when I get there, Gilly pulls the phone out. He's like, Y'all go rap battle? You and Wild? I saw that. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> we do that. So then Gilly and Wallow reposts it two days after the Snoop Dogg thing. Right. So now I go from like 49 to like 60,000. Right. The following week, the Two Chains record came out. Big homie, big homie, right? Chains that reposted me. Two weeks later, I went to the LA Leakers. LeBron reposted it. I saw and that too. It was just like it went from about sixty thousand, bro, to one eighty. You know what I'm saying? Like I jumped like hundred and twenty thousand followers, bro. Like it was, but it's, it was. Crazy. But the dope thing about it, though, is it's all going the way that it, you know, it should. And I and I know as an artist, I'm not sure how fast you want it to go. But it seems to me like the growth is going the way it should. Like, it's official. You understand what I'm saying? Like, people are really seeing you and like, I like this. This is like I said, me, I literally and I'll tell people, I'll be like, no, nah, I ain't feeling that. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I tell them like, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't got to buy everything. And it's too many. It's almost too many records out. So when I see something that I really like, I'm I'm also not afraid to be like, this is dope. And I think that's yeah. like you said, that's the problem that we have in this hip hop game nowadays. It's like we didn't fell into this space where it's no. not even cool to be like, yo, this is dope. That's the problem we have as black people. Boom. Now you didn't open yeah. a whole new can. <laughs> Boom. Yeah, as black people, bro. Like I was at my party. I threw a Halloween party the other day and I had this fly ass Marnie jacket on. Right. Right. And this dude kept looking at me and I'm like, what the fuck is this motherfucker looking at? Right. So. Right. My brother, 
I'm like, bro, what's up with dude over there? So my brother walk up, he's like, bro, you got an issue? He's like, nah, bro, that nigga jacket just hella clean. Like, I was just looking at his jacket. I'm like, bro, why you didn't walk up Right, to and be me? like, bro, the jacket is dope, right? And it was nothing, but why am I thinking you want to do something to me because you're looking at me? Right. You know, but we so conditioned that way to where it's like it's hard for us to appreciate and congratulate somebody that looked like us because we might not necessarily have it. You right. know what I mean? Or want it. And we got to break that, bro. Yeah, I'm, and, and, and that right there is... That that is a big deal, and 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 that's also too why I'm I'm so like glad that I'm not afraid to reach out, and, that, and that's what I love about the internet. Because at first I ain't kind of like I, I look back on some research on you, and like I said, I didn't realize you actually had records like out in like 2012. So you kind of caught in the you know the ways of how records was being worked before, as well as how this digital thing is 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 turning right. So let me ask you even that right. What's the good pieces and the, and the bad pieces about the digital part? That or the pieces that you like or that you don't like, you know. Oh, bro, I'm not. I'm not playing here. I'm not, bro. When I come to talk to you, I'm not. I'm not looking to make YouTube clips. I want to learn about the people I talk to because I want to build something here. And I think that your story is one that this next generation of creatives they definitely need to hear. So anything I can do to help with it, I, I want to be a part of the positivity part of it. I think it's first of all, I think it's dope musically. Let me tell you that and tell your crew that everybody that's involved, the way you moving. I like that story. I told Cannon. I tell D Train. I tell OP that. I like that part. Second part of it is, bro, like. The things that you're talking about, the way that you're building it, that story needs to be as big of a headline as we was all, everybody wants to see, oh, such and such got in a fight. This reality star is. Ah, man, please. That ain't what, oh, the culture is this. Facts. This Facts. is the culture, bro. I'm from the Bronx. So I, I, I can tell you, I'm from the Bronx, New York, bro. I, my sister went to high school with Cool Herc. That's how, that's what matters to me. This is what matters. You know what I'm saying? So when I learn about you, I love the I, I'm a fan of the music. I'm also a fan of the fact that what you're trying to do with the culture is positive. Like you said, you man enough to look and go, damn, why was I even feeling that way? Exactly. You know what I'm saying? We can look at each other and be like, bro, that jacket is dope, bro. That jacket is yeah. dope. And then exactly. give each other a pound and keep it moving to the next thing. Facts. You know? Facts. Facts. No, it's crazy you ask that question, bro, because I tell people all the time, like, I feel like the digital space is the first time I've somewhat been on time for a platform. So like I've always, I've always loved music when I was, since I was a kid, like when I was nine, my, my, uh, my mom was heavy in the real estate. So my mom had a house in Vegas and um, we would drive from the Bay to Vegas, you know, once a month or twice a month or some shit. And on those rides, I used to write raps. Right. right. I used to write to like uh Shawty, <laughs> Right. You know what I'm saying? Hey, hey, that's the records though. Yeah. So I was always into music. And then um when YouTube and MySpace and all these things started coming in, I was so young and didn't really know who I was and trying to figure out life and everything. So I didn't know how to really take advantage of those things yet. Right. right. So then right when out YouTube, they start bringing in like Vivo and YouTube ads and all these things, right? And then I start trying to figure that out. Then it came Spotify and Apple Music and all these different things. Then I'm trying to figure that out. Here comes Instagram and Twitter, right? And all these different things. So I've always been trying to like figure out the platform that I could work on. Right. You know, so in this digital space, I truly believe um I'm kind of the first of my kind. I don't think we've seen a traditional rapper break in the digital space yet. I think the biggest thing we've seen is the baby and, and little baby. Um, but even their music is kind of rooted in, you know, 808s and melody a little bit of today got trap elements to it. Right. Um, Minds is solely what hip hop kind of started on. You know what I mean? So, and it's, and it hasn't really been done within the last shit since, you know, Wale, Cole, Kendrick, Drake, since that kind of era whiz. Right. It hasn't been done. It's, it's, we've been kind of genre bending since we've been seeing like the juice worlds bring rock and roll in and country in and all these different sounds and elements. But the pure essence of hip hop is kind of like a lost market right now. Yeah. You know, like the guy that, doesn't bust his gun, but right. fuck with 
females, go to the club, and he could go hoop with you, and he could get in the streets with you, and he might whoop your ass. <laughs> right. he, he just, you know what I'm saying? Like that guy is missing right today. Like, like you either super gangster or you on this like other side of like fashion and like shock value and all these things. But the guy in the middle is kind of missing. You know what I mean? So I've been trying to like find ways to um, cut through with that without losing my integrity or painting my hair or right. wearing some shit I want to wear, or showing my dick and jumping off a goddamn house <laughs> or something like that. Try, you trying to get your saying? trying to get your clips up with the craziness. <laughs> trying yeah. to get your, your likes up with the craziness. Um, yeah, so, but, so uh, that's my whole thing, bro. Is just showing people like we could we could still do that without having to do all these other things. No, nah, and I think that's dope, man. Can can we talk a little bit about um the scene in Oakland? Because I, I and, and and big shout out to to Oakland too, man. Because one of the super big homies out there, E Forty, I to give him some props too, man. E Forty sat with me on a live one day for an hour, and all he did was talk to me about what he did as an artist. Cause we had a bunch of kids on there, right? And they were asking him questions or whatever. Right. And he was yeah. telling me, you know, all the things he did, like back when he was 17, you know, just to break this music and that sort of thing. And I know it's things that you've been through as well. Um, do you really feel that, that your, your city gets you? Yeah. Cause I know you said you went to LA for, you know, for a bit, yeah. right. Do, and, and, and I think a lot of artists feel like that here in Tampa, they feel like, you know, cause they talk about it online all the time. Like Tampa doesn't yeah. really support this and that and the other. And you are, you know, I I know the hyphy scene is big out there, and I know it's it's a lot of dope artists that have come out of there. Do you feel yeah. like you're getting the support in Oakland that that you've always wanted, as well as the support you're starting to get in other areas? No, not yet. Um, no, and it's not it's not nobody's fault. It's like I just said, bro. I'm the first of my kind, right? Like people always be like, "Oh, locksmith did it, locksmith." It's dope. Don't get me wrong. Locksmith was one of the greatest lyricists, but he didn't take it to a commercial level of where I'm trying to take it to and still put these raps in song format and still, you know, be right. cool with it. Fuck with the females. Lock really locked down on being that lyricist. I'm not really doing that. I'm kind of trying to take it to a mainstream level. And that's never been done from the Bay besides short and 40. Right. You know what I mean? And that was in the 80s and 90s. So since then, we haven't really seen it. And I believe the reason that is, is because we have this independent mindset. So if you think of people like uh, Dame Dash, uh, Irv Gotti, uh, like DNY and Rough Riders, like they big homies was Russell Simmons and shit. Right. Leo Cohen. So they like had the game over there. We yeah. didn't get that. So we naturally was just like, fuck it, we're going to come out the trunk with this shit and, and give it to y'all the way it is. So we naturally got this mindset of like, fuck the industry, right. and anything goes industry. So to me, I think to my city, I feel a little industry. <laughs> right. right? <laughs> got you. I'm, I'm finding ways to t show them like, hey, everybody can't run the empire. Everybody ain't going to be independent. If we really going to talk to the world and talk to the masses, somebody got to step out there and right. go break the mold. Right. I could easily go get a, uh, uh, a beat from any Bay Area producer and make a Bay Area song, have P-Lo give me a hook and go get a feature on it and make this shit go. Right. That's not what I do. We already got that. Got you. We already got that, right? So how can I provide a platform for somebody like a LaRussell, right? Boom. LaRussell, Wallow seen LaRussell from fucking with me. Boom. So he reposted LaRussell and Meek Mill seen it and all these different people seen it. You know what I mean? Right. And LaRussell now is on his way. He's out. He got a manager, Hovain, doing great for me. Just oh, that's my man, Hovain. Shouts out to Hovain. It's my dude yeah. over there. <laughs> you know, like, uh, even imagine that somebody like Hovane managing a Bay Area artist that's lyric. That's right. new. Right. That's new. You know what I mean? So we don't even know what that kind of looks like, what that sounds like. We're literally in real time carving it out. So it's not that they not rocking with me because everybody loves me. Like when I'm I'm in the Bay right now, bro, I go to the gas station. I'm going to have to take four or five pictures. Right. You know, they going to know me. It's just more so getting them used to right. a different sound and a different platform and showing them we have other options than just 
the street shit and the hyphy shit. Right. And and ain't nothing wrong with that, bro. Like, uh, let let's let's um Let's do this. Uh, uh, something I want to do. I want to do this thing with you. I call Fast Five, right? But first, okay. before I even get into Fast Five, I saw something else on you. Boy, they not gonna tell me I'll do my research before I before I open this microphone. Uh, Ins- <laughs> Inspirations, Jay Z, which I understand that one. So I just want to look past the Jay Z one, right? But these other two that I saw, Steve Stout and Steve Jobs, where do they fit into being an inspiration to you? So Steve Stout is like a fucking marketing guy. Boom. Right? And like, like I literally had this idea um, that I just seen this fucking kid do so I'm trying to come up with a better one now and I think I got something better but I'm not going to tell the world. But I had this idea to where I wanted my next project to be a parking ticket. Ah. And to where everybody, you got to go to your car, you can't not look at the parking ticket. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I got the QR code there, everything. But I was thinking of this idea. But ideas like that come from me idolizing Steve Stout, right? Because Steve Stout was somebody that took hip-hop and made it a brand that can be universal to partner with other brands. So right. he brought in the Coca-Colas, the foot, the clothing the, line. The, the Jay-Z oh, sneaker, the G-Unit sneaker deals. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. I'm with you, bro. Made it, made it its own world. And um, I always like appreciated that and loved that. And that's something that I want to do after music, because I feel like any artist that's ever been signed to a record label, bro, could go. I just feel like they probably didn't have the right marketing. Right. They probably didn't have the right structure and brand people behind them. So it didn't really get the full push that it needed. So Steve Stout is somebody that I learned that from. And Steve Jobs is just like. Like, bro, like our fucking life over the last 20 years has went from a computer to a everything on this phone. Like we used to have to go to business centers to get on the Internet 15 years. Yeah. Right. Now you could got Microsoft Word. You got all these things. We could do Zoom interviews. We could do everything from the phone. And Steve Jobs seen this in the 80s. Right. Right. So he built like this whole world out, bro, and and was smart enough to think, how do I like I was just reading some shit about like why flat screens was so much of the big thing. Right. And it was like we used to have these big ass TVs. These you have to get two people to help. you (laughs) Right. Right. And then somebody was just like, what if we just get rid of all that and just make the TV the screen? Boom. I'm in the shit like that. Now. And you're right. And, and inventing things and how can we move life forward and make it more efficient. And Steve Jobs was one person that made life efficient on a whole nother level with the creation of this iPhone. So, yeah, that's, you know, you know, it's crazy about even that point. Somebody said to me, we were talking and they said most people like us, right? Like people like me and you that are in this, this tech space slash entertainment space, right? A lot of us go and we know this, we'd be like, the iPhone even the best phone. We might really, really know that. But my life but, is so caught in Apple, I ain't going nowhere else. And they said that's no. what Steve Jobs knew. Steve Jobs was like, let's make it part of your life. Like, it's a part of your life, right? Like, he is. I don't think Apple has ever told us that that's the best computer. I think they told us it's a part of your life, almost like a puppy, yeah. right? So yeah. so me, like, my, whole, my house is so Apple right now that I don't even yeah. want to go nowhere else. I don't even look at nothing else. And what they did was, bro, they made it efficient and easy Boom. right it's harder to use windows and all these different <laughs> right softwares right apple made it to where it was right there for you all you gotta do is just click it like like we could get all the fucking music in the world for 10 bucks a month because of apple yep. right which is another issue i feel i see my dog up there oh nice no, he, he good <laughs> <laughs> which, another uh problem i feel is kind of like messing up the industry because it's like think about how like art pieces go up in value but music don't right the streaming thing is kind of like it's it's kind of taking and I'm, I'm not an artist like yourself so i know you in a whole different world with the, what they want to pay you guys with per stream and and that sort of thing and even like i said anything like doing podcasts and that sort of thing the, the way that the, what's happening right now with that is a whole another conversation it's, and i heard they're trying to take it down even more it's programming bro it's like people aren't even listening to what they want to listen to they're listening to what they're told they're being told to listen to so it's like 10 years ago bro we used to have to go to the store 
get in the car, get out the car, go in the store, get the CD, stand in line, take it out the plastic, go in the car, read the credits. Read the credits. So Let's get that part in. Read the credits. Read the credits. It created this whole experience to where we created a care factor for what we was getting ready to listen to. Right. That part of it is gone because somebody has seen one of these on TikTok. Yep. Yep. Right. <laughs> go hear the goddamn song. And then it's just in 20 seconds, they could just get it. So they don't really care about it. They just want to don't want to miss out. Right. Everything's right there for you to not miss out, which makes us miss out on a lot of great shit. Boom. And, and, and we probably that's a whole deeper discussion. We're going to have to get you back and have that discussion, man. Let's do this thing called Fast Five. And then I want to know also, too, um, the, when the new project is coming out like that. Fast Five. All it is is just five questions. You know, tell me what comes to mind. And we rock out okay. like that. All right. Okay. Number one, if there's a moment in hip hop that you weren't a part of that, you, is there a moment in hip hop that you weren't a part of that you wish that you were? The Source Awards, when Snoop Dogg was like, y'all ain't got no love for Dr. Dre and Death Row. Snoop Dogg and Death Row. Like, I would love to be there to just see, like, what that fucking energy was like. Or I would have loved to be in the studio when Hove made PSA. Allow me to reintroduce myself. You want a fun fact? Huh. When I'm playing, when I DJ for the Bucks, that is the song I bring Tom Brady out to every week. That's Tom Brady's song. So I get to introduce Tom Brady and three other players. So I'll be, I'll be spinning and rocking and they be in my ear like, Brady's in the tunnel. Brady's in the tunnel. He's coming. And I'll be like, can y'all give it up for my quarterback in the building? Allow me to reintroduce myself. And he'd be like, my name is Tom. <laughs> Fun fact. <laughs> hey, bro. Dude, um, um, yeah. Dude, we got, we got so many other things we can talk about. Let me, let's get through this fast five. One got to go. Jays, Dunks, or Yeezys? Dunks. Dunks? Really? Yeah, because I don't like what they've done with Dunks. They've they've limited the supply to increase the value. And I remember I used to be able to go get a pair of Dunks for $100. Now these shits are $700, and all this Dunks need to go. Yeezy's a black man. He need to stay. Jordan's a black man. He need to stay. Boom. Dunks could go. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, do you feel like in hip hop we've put too much focus on things other than the actual music? Facts, but that's just not in hip hop. That's a social media thing in life in general. Everybody's just in your life today. You know what I mean? Like I was just talking to one of these girls that I was just dating, and uh, she was basically saying like she just moved um, from Oakland to uh, another part of the Bay Area and she lost a lot of her clientele because she do hair. You know what I mean? And she was like, all my people at the shop is telling me to like put my life online and woo, but she just wants it to be about the hair. Right. But it's like, we're not in that time today. It's like people want to know your children. They want to know what you like to eat. They want to know what you are. And it's because they need validation for how they're doing in life. Ain't that you crazy? I mean? Crazy. <sighs> Bruh. You broke. If you could tell your 15 year old self anything, what would it be? Don't be a rapper. <laughs> Wait, why not? Why not a rapper? I feel like I limited myself by being a rapper and I could have done so much more at this time. If I would have put my focus into other things like tech, Right. Or, you know, solving other solutions. Um, I feel like I could have achieved a lot more, but I love music so much and love rap so much that I'll, I'll live with that um, regret. It's not a regret, but I'll live with that because it's what I love to do. Right. But I do feel I, I could have been doing a lot more if I wasn't so focused on doing or being a rapper growing up. Got you. Okay. Number five, one thing about the game that has really surprised you. Ooh, um, the smoke and mirrors. You know, you got you know, you got to explain that a little bit more. Um, it's not what you see. Like, I'm not going to hear nobody else. So I'll give you a, a very cliche, um, 
description, right? I went to the BT Awards. Okay. Or whatever. Right? So as a kid, it's like you watch the awards and you like, oh, this shit is like the litest shit ever. Like the performances, like Beyonce in the front row and like all these people here, right? And you just seeing this shit and everything is so perfect on TV. And then you get there and then you like sitting around for 30 minutes waiting on the next performance. You know what I'm saying? Ain't no food, ain't nothing to drink. Everybody's closed in this one space for four to five hours. And then after every performance, we all get up and take a picture and fake like we all gonna do some music and we all know each other and we all like each other. And then we go back to our seats and then we wait for 30 minutes and then they do announcement. And he's like, this shit is boring. Right. And if you go out that door, they don't want you to come back in while it's a performance or something going on. You gotta stay out there because they closed the door in your ass. with a bag of cheese and some water walking around going into the next commercial. But I think, isn't that, isn't that why though, like I got to give MTV props, right? That's why they made the pit. Like they put real fans in the pit because that way when artists like yourself are on stage, them fans ain't sitting there all stuck up. They really giving it to you because they're fans for real. And that's one thing I think that BET. In the pit, they telling them five, four, three, two. (laughs) Right. You know what I mean? So it's like, damn, I thought these was real people. Like, you know what I mean? I thought this was one thing, but when you get to see it, it's another. So it's, um, and it's not a, a bad thing at all. It's just actually seeing how it works. Right. You know what I mean? You got an idea of how something works and then you actually get to see it and it's like, oh shit, it's not that. So that's one thing I would say surprised me is like a lot of what goes on behind the scenes that the people don't get to see. Ah, okay. Okay. Dude, I appreciate you, man. My man Simba. Um, right now we got the big homie record out. Um where what are we working on right now? I I know we're working on full length project. Twenty twenty two is yeah. about to happen. So where where are we at right now in the life of Simba? Uh so I'm finishing up, man. Um I've been like in this weird space creatively, um, as far as writing of like trying to make people feel something. You know, and 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 I'm there. I feel I'm there. I'm I'm just not all the way there in a project form yet. Right. You know, it's it's almost there. Um, every song is like meaning something. It, it it really drives a point and makes you think. And um, I'm aiming. You know, top of the year, um, 2022. That's the goal. I'm gonna give. I'm gonna give them. I'm gonna give you guys some some music next month. Um, you know, of course, I'm always give you the freestyles and, and throw those out. Right. But um, as far as as far as music, man, I'm, I'm just really getting into a place to where I can solidify the Simba sound to where when somebody hears a beat, they say, oh, that's a Simba beat or they hear a particular flow. They like he trying to rap like Simba, you know, what I mean, Boom. or a particular hook. So I've been just mastering that and sitting with myself in that part of it. And I'm almost there. I'm about like 60, 70 percent there. Right. It's just like pieces that i know i need that i'm i'm searching for it i'm up once i get them we'll be ready to run okay and i know creatively like you said your mind is always working anything else going on on the side that leak leak to us you know what i'm saying you you in some some movie projects you because i hey bro you're on the west coast and you're moving all around the country bro and i and like it's like i know now that you've told me too like you know you fan of these different things that are going on it ain't just a rapping man so you know anything else yeah. you might want to leak to us or we just got we just got to wait and see as we walk into 2022 um, I can't say too much, but I'm 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 working on something with um a few brilliant people that will really be a solution for artists. Okay. Even if you sign to a label, if you're not signed to a label, um, it'll really be a um a, a great incubator for artists, right? For them to kind of bridge the gap for what could be missing in their possible process. So um, that's something we're working on. That's kind of like my main focus right now. Right. Outside of that is just music. But um, you know, couple, couple uh, I got a big feature about to drop on a on, on a big album from somebody from the south of Big okay. Atlanta. Okay. I like um, how that sound. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a great song. Me and uh Stove Guy Cooks and you know, we featured on this song with somebody that's a big time Atlanta artist. So I'm excited about that song couple more movie things that's coming up so i just can't say too much because these movies and albums haven't been announced so i don't want to be the one to right put it up 
what's going on. But nah. we got some great stuff coming. I appreciate it. And we we're gonna keep an eye on it too, man. And and I'm gonna keep in touch with you, man, because like I said, I I just wanna continue to watch this story because I think it's dope, man. And I think that like I wanna even get you out here to Tampa because I think that these kids and these youngest need to see you because I think this story is, you know, it's 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 the it's the offset to a lot of the bullshit that we have going on in the industry, man. Like like not only am I a fan of the music, but just they need to hear these stories. And that's that's one of the things I don't that I wanna offset. Like, you know, we we you like you said, man, we we doing enough harm to each other. But as black men, we got to we got to build, man. And it ain't always about you giving me something or me taking something from you or vice versa. Right. Like, let's just build, man. And if we can help each other, however, I want to be a part of that, man. I want to be a part of of that movement as we go into 2022, man. So I appreciate you taking the time. And I know we had a couple of hiccups getting here, but that's that's what I say about you, too. The communication, bro, the communication. I give you that. That's a that that right there. I salute you on, bro. (laughs) Southwest. Nobody flies Southwest. They have the <laughs> spirit. Okay? Southwest is officially spirit. Wow. Because they cancel more flights and delay more flights than anybody because they don't want to pay their pilots in this pandemic. I know what's going on. So flights, <laughs> flights is getting delayed. And we could have did this yesterday. We could. Southwest pay their fucking pilots. Hey, look, so don't man. fly Southwest. Get your Delta flight, American something else. Hey, look, man. I, I, like I said, like you said, th- things things happen organically. This is this is where we're supposed to be, man. Where can they, if they don't know already, where can they find you at online as well? At the real Simba. That Simba with a Y. S Y M B A. Just put the real in front of that. T H E R E A L S Y M B A. That's on all platforms. You can find me there. Okay, and if you haven't too, man, you gotta gotta check out that YouTube channel because it's a, it's a lot going on over there too, man. I I went there and I I went there and I was like, whew, yeah, it's some fire over here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my man Simba, man, I I appreciate you, man. I definitely want to keep in touch, man. Shouts out to your entire team, man. Shouts out to Atlantic and uh, Canon D Train OP specifically because I I was reaching out to the three of them to make sure I got to you, man. So I I definitely want to make sure I give folks their flowers, man. And again, I appreciate you and respect you as an artist, man, for even taking the time, man. And we will talk soon, Simba. Um, big homie, record out right now, twenty twenty two. I can't wait to see what happens, man. This is Hip Hop Study Hall. I appreciate you, my dude. One definitely. Oh, brother.